0: So, Ian? Yes. I I I have a giant scab on my foot forehead. See? Really? Maybe yeah.
1: it's the compression. I don't really see anything.
0: <laughs> You're such a kind soul, you are. <laughs> You're such a nice accommodating supportive
1: person. It's um, nothing. Look at look at what I have on my head. There's just nothing. What? Just li- n- literally nothing. <laughs>
0: I'd, I'd, I'd still stroke it and run my fingers through it. You'd, you'd have a fight.
1: <gasps> did I just oh. brag about having someone to stroke my head? I think I did. Uh, That's new. Actually,
0: no. Lani would kick my ass, so I'll just let her, her, her win. That's fine. Um,
1: Also, uh. I just realized my background's not blurred out, and the background behind me is a mess. Uh. Uh, Jack, uh, what's, yes. what's what's going on
0: with your head? Uh, well, well, here's the thing. Um, and, and those of you just streaming the audio version of the po- podcast, there, there is a scab on my uh, head. Um, I got sunburnt. that's why. Um, I, well, firstly, hello everybody and Hi. welcome to, to Podcast of the Nerds. Oh, my name is everybody. Jack. I'm Ian. And uh, today on the podcast, as usual, we'll, we'll be doing a bit of a catch up and talking about what we've been up to this week.
1: Then uh, we're chatting about a list of shame movie we watched this week called Midsommar. Midsummer.
0: <laughs> I like the accent <laughs> so I could get it cause it's Swedish. Whatever. I,
1: it's Midsummer, but, it's,
0: but yeah. it's spelled
1: Midsommar. Midsommar. Uh, mids- um, I, I, I can't I, sure I do the Swedish we, chef if I try and do any of it.
0: We just offended all of Scandinavia I'm pretty sure.
1: None of Scandinavia is listening to us, Jack. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> That's true. I'm a little <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're uh... Your views on our numbers are very optimistic. Yeah, I very hopeful, aren't I? um And then after that, we'll be playing a little game. We
0: are tentatively calling Buffy Bad Takes. Now, here's the, uh, the, the thing about yep.
1: the, the name, which I'll get into, is I feel like the name might be perceived as an insult to people who have mm. some of the opinions that we're. Right. It's purely a catchy title. I thought the title yeah. was catchy, and I was like. Yeah. I, I i like that what is that a alliteration but something Buffy it sounds fancy takes. i don't know yeah um it's not intended well i'll we'll talk about it in the no. segment go ahead i'm sorry yeah
0: i mean it, it it's it's we're framing it as a, a little friendly de- debate of sorts but uh this week's topic will be <laughs> parker did nothing wrong um yeah we will get into in that later later we're, okay, we're starting but, easy um, but anyway, yeah, Ian. So um, the other day I, I popped out, out again. I, I went out. I went uh, I went for a bit of a ride. Um, and that's how I, I ended up with this scab on my fore, forehead. Um, it was a really, really beautiful day. The sun was shining. And so, yeah, I, I decided to... I followed your Facebook
1: mm-hmm. stream of it, which had yes. remarkable clarity. I did a bike ride... Yeah. on whatever the twitter periscope mm-hmm. uh, when i was living in boulder and i, I, it was I remember incomprehensible that incomprehensible mush uh, from what yeah. i heard and yours was crystal
0: clear well that's because i was in a main major cap capital city yeah, though I yeah know. what well, what, what he's talking about is i did a as, as i was cruising along i did a bit of a face facebook live video and some people came and chatted and i sat there and talked talked to my phone in pub, in public <laughs> um but yeah it, it was a really nice day so i went for a bit of a ride and when i say ride i mean it quite uh, literally i have this uh attachment with which you saw a bit Navi. and it's uh it's an attachment for my wheel wheelchair that kind of hooks on to, to the front it's called a tri-ride yeah. and uh it basically turns my wheelchair into like a motorbike or a trike or something um it's
1: pretty cool have and I- it goes have I ever uh-huh. told you... Th- uh, I, I don't mean to interrupt, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 that's no, fine. Have I ever told you about my first interaction with uh, anyone in a wheelchair? You probably have, but tell me, tell me again. <laughs> so I was in preschool. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I was... I must have been five? Five, because yeah. six is kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I was living in Boulder. Um, and a gentleman... Came in, uh, was in a wheelchair, and talked about mm-hmm. uh, what he's... Like, what life is like in a wheelchair and what he's gone through. And the idea is, like, to uh, expose young minds, to, to demystify yeah. it for young minds yeah. and, and all of that. Yeah, I've seen and stuff like, like I, I remember almost universally, like, the opinion of the, the preschoolers, including myself, was how cool it was to have a chair on wheels that you never That's... have to get it up from. Like, we have to do all this walking crap, and you, you can That's just adorable. book around and share with wheels. That's amazing. And now you're telling me you can get a motor on it that turns it into, <laughs> like, a scooter?
0: Yeah, I I got to tell you, man, like, walking, that shit looks so overrated, if you ask me <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest too. I'm not joking. I'm not jo- joking. It's funny, but it's non the joke. Um, but yeah, yeah. so I've got this little attachment. It turns the, the chair into like a mode the bike. And it's actually pretty quick. Uh, the top speed is about 25 kilometers an hour, which is about 15 miles, according to the Google machine. So it was very, very quick. Um, and one battery charge lasts about 50 kilometers. And it only takes about four hours to uh, charge from empty. So... It's it's very very great, um, and that thing is like it's changed my life in a lot of ways though. Um, I just turned thir- thirty three, um, and I've been in a wheelchair my entire life. Well, kind of. My my mum pushed me around in a stroller until I was about five, and then I and then I got my first chair. Um, but yeah, you know, being in a wheelchair, it's quite physically demanding as as you can probably imagine and um my shoulders are starting to give out (laughs) they're definitely uh showing signs of wear and wear and tear so i mean as fun as the uh tri-ride is it's it's got um it's got its uh uh, practical uses uh shall we say it's yeah and by uh, the way
1: i i don't actually believe that being in a wheelchair would be more fun don't at me anybody. I
0: mean, some, some, sometimes it is, <laughs> but I can say I, that. Yeah. I can say say that. I cannot. Um, but yeah, you no. Know, like as practical as it is, it also applies sort of recreationally as well, which is uh, what the the other day was all about. As as I said, um, it was a beautiful, beautiful day, so I hooked up the for uh, tri ride and I went for a ride by the Yarra River, uh, here in Melbourne and, um, I ended up going like five or six kilometers out under the city and then I came back and, um, yeah, yeah, no, that's something that would have been very physically dem- demanding, uh, without the, uh, try, I could have done it, but it wouldn't have been as relaxing or yeah. as chill as it was, you know? Um, but anyway, back to my original point, because, um, yeah yeah you know we're just not used to seeing the sun a lot here in Melbourne especially during uh the the, the colder months but things are starting to warm warm up again here um so i, I kind of sort of forgot that the sun tends to burn skin <laughs> and, uh, yeah so i I kind of got a little sunburnt um and I didn't realize how bad about it was either until um my fawn head was, whiz, was itchy and I scratched it. And then I looked at my fingers and I was like, oh, shit, I'm bleeding. And so it's it's kind of my own, my own fault. I scratched a sunburned head and now Jack, I have a scab. We You're are seeing.
1: pasty, pasty Scottish men.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure I've got Scottish
1: in it, me somewhere. I mean, look at me. You think? <laughs> <laughs> Scottish, Scot- Irish. Scottish like, or Irish, yeah. Uh, Either way, we come from, uh, you know, our our genes come from countries that are uh, overcast 300 days a year. Yeah, I'm
0: very (laughs) European,
1: very. (laughs) And and when
0: when I I say European, I don't mean like Mediterranean Europe. No, I mean like Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But also, uh, I've officially made the first steps into getting my ass into therapy. Um, Sweet. Yeah, um, I've been meaning to do it for a while now. Um, a while ago on the podcast, actually, I talked about, uh, the, the possibility of going off, uh, my antidepressant medication. I don't remember if um, you did
1: that or not. I know, I remember you were talking about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, and look, whilst I still feel as though I've made a lot of, um, progress in my overall sort of mental health, um... I came to a realization recently that there's still some stuff I need to work on. Um, you know, just stuff that I've had for a very long time. And, um, so I, I, I just, I want to get better and sort my shit out. you know. And so I think, um, for the time being, it's probably not the best time to get off my medication. Sure. I should probably, probably stay on it for, for a little, little while yet. But,
1: um, well, especially I just starting f- therapy, I've done that a few yeah. times and it's a whole, it's a lot of work starting with a new therapist. It is, some time. it
0: is, yeah, um, it's going to be very con- confronting to, to say the least, but, um, yeah, I just want to become a better and more healthy version of myself, I guess, um, and, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm kind, I'm kind of scared, you know, which I think is very normal, um. I just know that I'm going to be delving into some stuff that is going to be, you know, as I said, kind of confronting and, and uncomfortable, but that's part, part of it. Um, but I'm also up to, to the challenge. and um, I believe it. And in that way... Huh? I believe it. Yeah. and um, But in that way, I'm also kind of excited. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to sort of challenging myself and, I guess, getting, getting better, getting healthier, and just getting to know... The better version of myself I'm looking forward to being
1: that guy you know yeah I mean now that I'm 41 I got my age wrong the last time uh, uh, yeah I remember that so, yeah, actually I, uh, there's just I just don't care <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> I mean once like, you reach
1: uh, like 30 old, it's like oh whatever yeah the 40s have been great my 30s sucked. Uh, other than the channel which has changed my life of course but I mean that's kind of the yeah. whole thing right it's like Um, the work but what the hell was I saying oh yeah it seems to me that um, and I realize that like attracts like and uh, Mm -hmm. the cultural bubble that we all create for ourselves exists you know um, when Trump got elected four years ago I had a a number of friends who um, unfriended people who were celebrating that um, (laughs) Trump uh, got elected but I kind of like I've always had the opinion of You know, I want to challenge myself and challenge my own beliefs, and uh, if an argument that I have about something can't withstand um, disagreement or criticism, then maybe it's not a very good argument, you know. Right. Um, uh, But I have had conservative friends unfriend me. Um, But anyway, uh, I can't remember why I got into that. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. So, I mean, what what have you been up to? What's been going on in your uh, world? Why did I? So I have been sleeping terribly. Uh, The. Hmm. Why did Why did I start talking about Trump? I'm so sorry. We were talking about. I was talking about therapy. Talking about the bubbles. Oh, I remember what it was. The. um, Okay. Um like we talked about the idea of healthy and it, it, mm-hmm. that was a um, symbol that I held over my own head for a long time which is that there was this thing called healthy and I wasn't it. Okay. Um, um, and And you know I got into like I found my way into therapy around the same age that you are. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, just out of brutal necessity for what I was going through at the time. But I, 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 in the last couple of years, because I'm surrounded with the people that I am and the people that I know and all of that, um, mm-hmm. that whatever that perception was, was of healthy that I was not, that I felt sort of shame and guilt and I should be this, I should be this, I should be this, was a total lie. Everyone's fucked everyone oh, yeah. everyone is you know has mommy or daddy issues that they're not mm-hmm. e- that they're either not t- uh looking at or they're not uh mm. g- or or whatever it is but but like you know the, so healthy doesn't in in terms of mental health like in my mind the health the, the perception that i had of what healthy was mm-hmm. which is some kind of w- person who it's doesn't like a, they, there's the term well adjusted and then there's the mm. per, like there's the perception of person who doesn't need to be adjusted they're okay happy yeah, yeah. And content and without so foibles. you're saying there is
0: like a a finish line or something something um, like that yeah that person yeah. doesn't really exist
1: and no, um no. To, like
0: everybody's a work in pro- progress all right
1: and and there's yeah. healthy uh, to, uh, to me like the the term healthy and 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 i really was just using that as a way to of punishing myself for feeling inadequate for feeling in incomplete for not doing enough for not being smart enough for not being whatever it was mm-hmm. and now that i'm older i'm like uh yeah the health what healthy is is working on yourself um right. you know whether that's Physically, mentally, emotionally, hmm. um, the—I don't know what Australian culture is like around mental health, but you know, in the states, it's the weirdest thing. You know, we do we 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 culturally believe in preventative health checkups, um, right. you know, uh, nutrition nutritionists, dental mm-hmm. work. Like yeah. we believe in in doing preventative maintenance on our bodies. But there's still a stigma around mental health and taking care of your mind and, and, you know. um, And that's why, be it in streams or this podcast or whatever, I've always tried to be a a big verbal advocate of just like, you know, everyone can benefit from an unbiased third party sitting across from them. And so, and talking to that person and being like, "Look, here's what I'm up to in my life. Here's what I don't like about myself. Here's what I like about myself. Can can we work through some stuff?" It's just to mm-hmm. me the 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 difference is frequency. Some people need that January, yeah. February, March. Some people need that Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. And I've gone, I've right. been both at different points in my life. Okay, okay. you know, um, it just changes because life changes. Life's constantly mm. uh, this fluid thing. So.
0: I've, I've seen therapists before, um, not for a while now, um, sort of on and off since I was a teenager and, um, I'm, i you know, it's kind of, cause I think back to, you know, being a teen teenager and being in therapy and it's kind of like, I just think, oh kid, you had no idea what, what, what was to come, you know? Yeah. Like, um, well, I mean, the, the stuff you think is significant as a teen teenager isn't that big of a deal when you're an adult
1: same thing applies now though stuff that we think Mm. is that i think is significant at 41 when i'm 70 i'm like what the hell was i worried about yeah you know to some degree it's that it's that um uh man's search for meaning quote that i always go back to suffering is a gas that fills each of us to our capacity Mm -hmm. at the time um yeah but you know so the volume of it is kind of irrelevant um right you know, the living with the, the kids here, uh, the, the four-year-old four and the six-year-old, I see them going through identical mm-hmm. emotional paces that I do. I mean, more so. Right, they're right, yeah. sad. Yeah. They're, they're, they feel grief. Yeah. But they feel it mm-hmm. over uh, the popsicle that they dropped on the ground. you know but it's still an emotional journey you know right yeah yeah no 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 I totally
0: agree and and I'm not trying to diminish the the, uh, plight of Teenage teenage
1: Jack oh no no yeah um, Teenage Jack did the best he could for sure I'm just saying like um, you know like more and more I just look for uh, the goal that I'm always looking for is just peace just peace I just want to feel peaceful and hopefully joy ensues um, yeah, but, yeah, but, but you know, calm peace to me is yeah. is less to ask for uh, a lot right, of times. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and and I think to confront my problems sorry. from that that place would be. Uh, I don't it, problems will come, but if I could be peaceful about them and just be like, okay, well, here's mm-hmm. how I want to handle this, would be amazing.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and the thing with therapy is too, you have to let it in and allow it to work like someone I'm, I'm i'm not gonna mention who but some somebody i know is like their therapy is stupid it doesn't work be- because it's just words but that to me is that's that saying that's not you're not allowing it to to work you're, you're not like like of course it's just words like of sure. course yeah, but so it, are your thoughts. Not, What's what exactly? The what I mean? yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, like, it's something you have to be proactive about, and something you have to like let in. Like, um, a therapist I saw a while ago. Actually, the last time I was in thera- therapy, which is probably I don't know seven, eight years years ago now. She 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 was like, you know, um, getting better and improving yourself, and 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 finding peace. Like, it's hard fucking work. It's yeah. not. It's, 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 it's not easy. It's something that is hard. And, and, and that sort of, um, that was kind, kind of a realization for me, cause I've always struggled with this whole, like in introspective thing and being like, um, yeah, you know, like when, when, when somebody says, Oh, Oh, I went through this thing, but now I've dealt, dealt with it. Like, what is that? What is dealing with it? Like, like yeah. what's the actual process there and how do you know when, when it's dealt with, um, well, no. and
1: I, in confronting my own trauma uh, that I've been through, um, um, you know, trauma is dealing with trauma, and then dealing with the damage that trauma did are two very oh, yeah. distinctive things. Yeah. Um, you know, I I've I've wanted to make a video about it for a while, but but uh, for me, trauma was a bit like. Uh, the aftermath of trauma was a bit like waking up on fire every day. Yeah. Where yeah. nothing matters except what happened. Nothing matters. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. constantly burning yeah. from the thing that happened. You can't... It's like a breakup almost. There's no desire for food. There's... Well, I mean, breakups are traumatic, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. And the thing of it is, after a time, you get a day where you don't think about what happened. And then you get a week. Right. And then you get a mm-hmm. month. And that feels like... Yeah getting better um but the thing is and it is it's a it's a form of dealing with the trauma um right but the thing is we're also like meaning making machines constantly Mm -hmm. making up stuff interpreting things categorizing things so forth and probably the worst time to do that is when you're Mm -hmm. on fire right you know yeah. um and and yeah. th- those things that you make up about maybe i'm not good enough maybe i'm not uh maybe i'll never be safe maybe mm-hmm. um i deserved this or whatever mm-hmm. are very hard to spot oh yeah. yeah and they informed the next 25 years of my life mm-hmm. my relationships with yeah. women my relationships with men they were all yeah. influenced by a, a whole bunch of things that that I was making up at the time to try and figure out why I was going through the thing that I was going through mm-hmm. um, and none of them are true and they're especially I mean that's not true like uh, uh, maybe 30 or 40 things got made up two or three of them are actual truths the rest are right, right. You know, coping mechanisms, trying to figure out the world, trying Mm. to stay safe from this happening to me again. Um, Mm. And so, to me, that's the difference between uh, finding those, because those things run the show a lot of times, you know. um, I had, you know, during sexual intimacy, like, things uh, occur that I'm like, that as an adult, I'm like, that's not the way I would choose to be. And yet... Here we are. Where the frick does that come from? And for me, in the process of figuring this all out, I've sort of discovered, oh, when I was on fire, I made up a bunch of shit that isn't true now. Right, right. But that's the... The other thing, too, is, like, I used to be addicted to breakthroughs. When I was younger, Mm -hmm. and dealing with depression and all of this, I'd have breakthroughs, like,
2: oh,
1: and connect Mm -hmm. the dot to... Uh, a particular moment or understand something about the way people were or or all of this and Mm -hmm. those breakthroughs have a a kind of an addictive quality to them where they feel Uh like big shifts you know where it's like oh everything can be different now and that just uh, the thing i always discovered was that was not the case you still have to do the Mm -hmm. work of deprogramming yourself you know yeah. like I have been reinforcing negative programming that I create while well, someone else that an event that occurred to me yeah. created mm-hmm. I have been reinforcing those brain pathways for 25 years and so right. it's a slow pain in the ass mm-hmm. process to to feel them kick in and be like, "Oh no let's try something else let's do something different yeah. you know um, yeah. I, that's I I definitely mean, that's what I know um, like you said it's work
0: yeah yeah. And I definitely know uh, what you mean though um, in in terms of you know getting over like the of the event or whatever and then the uh, tra- trauma of it could uh, completely diff different things things because like uh, my last significant relationship going going back quite a while now um, you yeah, know it didn't work out and it was a pretty bad break breakup and I was pretty hurt I was pretty heart- heartbroken. broken but like I got over her within I don't know, probably six months. But then I didn't recover from the event for years, like, and just sure. all the the baggage and and the trauma it left behind was probably a good like three years years or so. I was I I was a mess. But there was also other like uh circumstances like i yeah, yeah yeah no i lost all all of my belongings I, was, I ended up homeless and it was just a really bad situation the fallout was horrendous yeah oh uh, but anyway yeah yeah i I mean it definitely is it's work and it 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 is a totally totally different thing um when you shine a torch and all the the uh, baggage and start working on that because more more often that than are not it's not really related to the event or the person right. it's 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 deep-seated stuff yeah
1: yeah and they like Um, the the reason why i find the idea of peace kind of compelling as a a state to pursue is that to me what peace is is freedom you know like freedom is peaceful freedom is Mm -hmm. you know and and with freedom anything can ensue joy can ensue uh you know whatever but it's an open space for um for anything and and maybe that's grief at times or or whatever it is but yeah it's definitely a part of
0: it yeah um anyway yeah what have you been been up to sir uh
1: this week i got the outlines for um the shrine both the buffy and the angel Uh, so i'm stacking the buffy angel scripts uh this month to see if that makes a difference in sort of expediating the process and yeah both shadow and the shroud of ramon are fine yeah you know they're, they're, I, I feel the same about those you know. two yeah
0: yeah I, um, I think i have more fun
1: with shroud of ramon but yeah i don't know why that episode just bugs me it doesn't bug really? me it doesn't okay, bug yeah. me like it's bad it just feels like there's so many little things that I'm like, and it's a Jersey weird shore one accent.
0: Yeah. And it's a weird one for that universe for that show because it, it's it's basically a heist episode, and, and it's just which a weird they've one also done
1: that. a lot of. Blind Date is a caper oh, yeah. episode. Like they they mm. keep going. So back maybe it's to, the
0: noir thing that they're leaning on.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very noirish, and I'm like. Okay, it just feels like yeah. a lot of sound and fury. There's a lot of foreshadowing in mm-hmm. it, but um, I can't. You know, I found. I think I found something pretty with guys. Will be guys that fit into the whole mirror motif uh, stuff yeah. that was working in um, season two. That, but this that was one, a gorgeous um, episode. This one I'm A like, video. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm going to get there, but. Okay. Um, but there's there's interesting stuff. I think it'll be, still be an interesting video. Shadow, Dude. maybe a little less so. There's a very dark, kind of drab run in the middle of Buffy mm-hmm. Season 5 from Shadow to Into the Woods. Yeah. Uh, that feels like yeah. a one long episode of Dower. Yeah. You know. Yeah, um,
0: it's, it's kind of dry and dank at the same time I yeah. yeah 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 there's it, a bit of a the lull there I'd, it is I'd, what it, 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 it
1: needs to be it's like you know um these are dark events uh joyce mm-hmm. dealing with her um yeah, the, uh, the shadow and uh yeah. buffy and riley be in sort of the tailspin and riley getting lost and and uh his Problems manifesting themselves with a little bit more and more damage, but it's like Season 6 does that, but I don't feel that same sense of ugh, that I do <laughs> with this particular run in Buffy, where right. it's just so not depressing, just. <sighs> See, I
0: don't even know if "dry" is the right word. It's not dry. It's just I don't know. It feels elongated. It, it drags, kind of. It, it drags. does.
1: Yeah, it does drag. Like it's melancholy. It's. Hmm, it doesn't. I you know the glory stuff doesn't really. She's yeah, just kind of there. I have. And trouble there's with no
0: glory too. for a while. There, there there isn't really any peaks. It's just pretty flat. You know.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. After a seven episode dynamite run Mm. like uh the real me and um i enjoy buffy versus dracula and fool for love you know um the replacement i think is a ton of fun you know the Mm -hmm. the first seven episodes of five are awesome and then uh, you get eight to ten i think it is and it's like uh, you know yeah um I don't know. I think part of it is if you, you know, if you the Riley stuff, for instance, because he's not Buffy or Angel, or because he's not Angel or Spike, Buffy's two biggest bows. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to get invested. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, the Joyce stuff is self-evidently terrifying. But if you've seen the series before, it's just awful. Like the slow lead-up. To the body
2: because
1: mm-hmm. um, you know where it's going and to watch Buffy sort of be nervous and hopeful and where I can't remember my first run through of the run I uh, wish I could I could remember mine because there's through. no there's no sense of like nervousness watching it it's just this inevitable train wreck it's, in slow motion that you're leading and up it's, to.
0: It's just dreary. Um, dreary.
1: That's the word that, that
0: applies to this uh, three episodes. Especially when you know what's coming. It, yeah. It, it's, it's even more so, yeah. So the, the,
1: the, the Buffy Riley stuff is sad, but I'm not particularly invested in their relationship, so it's it mm. just feels like it takes quite a long time and feel, right. has an air of inevitability. Stuff with Joyce, you're like, ugh, ugh. You're, you're staving off thinking about the actual pain that the body causes. Yeah, um, yeah you know, it's just a lot uh, mm-hmm. these couple of episodes. It's not a lot of fun. And I like. No. I haven't really chatted about Glory in the videos yet, because there hasn't been a lot of Glory to chat about, but I feel like right. Glory lacks the humanizing element that a lot of the other big bads had. Adam is okay. not so great, but uh, um, the best example is the Mayor and Faith. The Mayor, yeah. uh, before Faith came along, felt like Kind of a cartoon. I I was like, yeah, but they revealed each other.
0: And and jealous you have his connection to Angel and then to Buffy. Yeah, so there's a big
1: human connection there. I find Glory kind of inaccessible. Yeah, yeah, you can't really
0: empathize with her. Like, yeah, she wants to go uh, home, but it it doesn't make you feel for her or want her to get home because she's kind of...
1: Yeah. She's, I mean, and she's very campy, which yeah. uh, I know people yeah. get into. I have learned to not hate camp, but um, I still don't love it. Um, One thing
0: I will say about Glory, though, is she's, when, when, whenever she's on screen with any of the Scoobies, there, there, there is this sense of urgency. Like she feels dangerous.
1: She's a Terminator. Like the, yeah. the, yeah. the Terminator in the first movie is an unstoppable terrifying yeah. force yeah, that's he's not exactly an interesting character is. but he is no. an unstoppable terrifying force yeah and, and that's what glory is yeah and glory kind of represents that but it also just makes her spike was human in uh, or, or or had some interesting interactions with drew that i think in mm-hmm. early season two kind of yeah you know there's just a, i need a way into the character a little bit mm-hmm. to, to take an you. interest otherwise i just don't care um mm-hmm. and by the way just to be clear i don't think glory any of glory's issues relate to claire kramer um, no she's wonderful she's wonderful, wonderful. yeah uh yeah. i just think uh, you know the humanizing element uh, of glory was i think intended to be ben um, oh, yeah, ben yeah. Ben is but the they just... faith. Ben is the... Um, yeah. You know, that, that... But because they're never in the same room together...
0: Yeah, and they didn't really flesh it out too well, but I guess it would be a difficult thing to, to do in that regard. I think um, the most effective scene is, you know, um, she's not like us. Like, that's, that's the most... Uh...
1: Well... Oh yes uh, yeah. yeah uh, but Glory's Giles. most effective scene for me Is when she and Dawn are talking In the gift The scene mm-hmm. uh, uh, where Dawn and she Actually have a real conversation oh. She's not talking to uh, The minions mm-hmm. You know She's uh, d- The two of them are talking about why Bad stuff happens Is Buffy going to save her All of that and Glory mm-hmm. has actual feel. That's the most interesting that Glory becomes to me. Right. Uh, she's right, an yeah. interesting concept. The idea of a oh, god yeah, great stuck on yeah. Earth and uh, a hell god stuck on Earth and all of that is wonderful. It's just the mm-hmm. execution, to me, uh, on a very character-driven show, means that she's not super additive, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, I
1: mean... Until um, I, the Terminator stuff really kicks in, yeah. she knows where...
0: Excuse me. I i do enjoy though that she's basically like a mean girl so like 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 her personality she's kind of like um i don't know she reminds me of like a popular cheerleader in school or something you know and weird i I think that's (laughs) (laughs) but i i I think it's 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 not in interesting but it's kind of quirky i
1: i dig that though given her metaphorical relationship to buffy for the season that's spot on uh yeah uh, yeah yeah and I love the, the symbolic structure of what everyone means in this season. I think it's super mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, it's just during this kind of dreary run in the middle, there's just not a lot for me to get excited about writing about for the episode right. guides, where I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. still depressing. Not season so six know, will yeah. be different because I think that is the existential crisis. That is, this is just like bad stuff happening to good people. Yeah, um, Which is different, you know, and it's happening in mm. slow motion over the course of several episodes where, you know, it just gets a little exhausting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel
1: but you. Um, the other thing was uh, um, Lonnie and I finished Dark. And oh, yeah. so we rolled a new episode, uh, a new show from our list of recommendations, fan recommendations, and it was The Crown. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like uh, about the queen and all that, right? Yeah, and we were both that's like... We're Americans. And so we started watching <laughs> West Wing.
0: Are you serious? <laughs> you, ba- you bailed out? You
1: didn't no. even try? No. Uh, uh, That's so neither, American. neither of us actually said that. But I. the more I thought about it after the fact, I was like, oh, we went from The Crown to West Wing. Neither That's of us were so really weird. excited about The Crown. And then um, West Wing is I one of it's... her favorite shows. Okay. And I hear The Crown's good, though. I hear, I hear it's, it's good. good. We're going to watch it. Um, no, but yeah. uh, West we'll Wing is one of her favorite shows we just couldn't watch it because of the state of American politics in the last four years nah. watching mm-hmm. a hopeful show uh, about politics with compassion and dignity and honor <laughs> and all of that yeah. just kind of felt too fanciful farm? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and so she didn't want to get into it but now that things have shifted slightly we hope um <laughs> I'm not gonna stop holding my breath until j- January. No shades thrown to um, uh, you know anyone who didn't vote for Biden uh, of course. Here. It's of just course just sharing mm-hmm. my part of the journey. Um, yeah. anyway she she decided um, it was she could watch the West Wing, so uh, we're watching it. And it's interesting. I mean, um, Sorkin—it's comp- almost completely written by Aaron Sorkin, who wrote okay. a few Good Men and The American President and The Social Network. And I mean, he's like, mm-hmm. you know, one of the most famous um, movie television writers working. Um, mm-hmm. And I like it. It's um, it's. It has a similarity to Gilmore Girls. It has a little bit of a similarity to Buffy in that it's dialogue first. It's incredibly dialogue-driven, and I think that, like any of those shows, a common complaint would be no one talks like this. Okay, um, right. You know, it's such verbal ballet. David Mamet's the one who's famous for Glengarry Glenn Ross and this kind of uh, uh, dialogue, which is so mm-hmm. smart. Everyone is the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to have one character written this way—that happens from time to time. But every character is super sharp, um, and I I love that. I love that kind of stuff, especially when there's when it's driving um, something thematically substantial or um, uh, that has. Ideas to it that are interesting, you hmm. know, like ethics and politics and and stuff like that. Yeah. Politics. I've
0: I've never seen seen it, but everybody I know who, who who has seen it raves about it. It's
1: so specific to American politics. I I, I would think hmm. that. I, I mean, know some Aussies don't don't like it. It's very good. I think maybe you'd have mm. to have some kind of closet interest, but I don't know because um, I'm an American, so. <laughs> if we were watching the i mean but people watch the crown and that to me seems very well, yeah, s- yeah. similar no, no
0: i i know quite a few australians who like it so i think it is accessible in that regard
2: yeah yeah
1: uh but i'm enjoying it it's early yet you know the funny thing is the music is so the one thing i keep noticing is the music it's like a lot of horns like dur, dur, dur. <laughs> it's very inspiring it's very noble That's- and Very I,
0: emblematic of like American politics and the horns
1: I have not applied that lens to politics in a mm-hmm. long time, and so to hear the, those sort of dignified, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> inspiring notes in a political show to me, there's there's a there's a um, there's a personal cognitive dissonance that I'm having to get over of like, oh yeah, we can we can it's a fantasy show. It's a fantasy fantasy <laughs> show.
2: Everyone <laughs> is
1: in it for uh the right reasons. Yeah. And yeah. um uh you know, but adjusting to that, I'm I'm really enjoying it. The the dialogue's incredible mm-hmm. and good lord the cast. Martin Sheen, I mean, he's one of those former, Oh well, wow, okay. Yeah. yeah, he plays the yeah, president. He's a legend. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've just been playing with my Series X that Ooh. I pre-ordered. Uh, nice. I've been playing with it a lot, uh, mm-hmm. like probably. Yeah, you lunch. had to get up at like
0: six in, in the morning to go and pick it up, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I had to make an appointment to go to Best Buy to go and get it, which felt weird. Like I, I, yeah. I, I waited outside. Have you ever waited in line to get something? like on launch
0: day yeah no i've never never done that no. i've
1: waited for i think i waited for an iphone uh back in the wow. day when apple lines used to go around the block uh yeah. but i worked at apple at the time so i don't know i i think i waited for an iphone i waited for the playstation Two. Oh wow i okay. think yeah i'm old it was a while ago <laughs> now Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. And then, I was still in
0: high school when the PlayStation 2 came out. Yeah, I think I was in college.
1: So you were not in high school. <laughs> really? No. What was that, 2000? When... <laughs> I'm going to Google that. Okay. PlayStation 1 was when I was in high school. So you were... October 26, 2000. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. (laughs) Really? I think I would have
1: just been in high school. That was like the year I started high school, Uh, I think. uh, Dude, wow. I I waited for a PS2, but I don't think... And I've waited with other people who were waiting for things that I wasn't buying, Mm -hmm. just to hang out and and to be a pal. But I don't think that I've waited for uh i don't know i like it better the way they they um do it now but yeah i Hmm. i have the xbox pass the netflix for video games we talked about it the last time and so i was like okay i'm gonna get a console this time and it's a console i don't think i'm ever gonna buy a game for because if i am gonna buy a game i'll buy it on steam (laughs) um but i also may not need to buy a game there's something like well bar barring
0: exclusives though right there couldn't be an exclusive you really want to i, I play. don't know
1: I'm, I'm getting old i don't know <laughs> maybe yeah maybe maybe you know we'll see. I, I just enjoy but, but, i mean I enjoy you still have hobby. a lot to
0: play before there's that. there's
1: so much stuff there are hundreds mm. of games so the um the internal hard drive is a terabyte and then i plugged nice. a spare drive i had laying around into the usb port on the back which was another terabyte and i downloaded two terabytes of games which took wow because of the xbox pass didn't buy a thing yeah you know i was just like oh i'll try yeah. that i'll try that i'll try that and the day that i picked it up um the xbox pass added the ea pass to, oh, I saw uh, that.
0: I'm so jealous. Yeah, oh, my console, God.
1: Console only. So I was like, oh, yeah. I haven't played a Need for Speed in a decade. Mm-hmm. Let's install all of them. Yeah. You know. It, the, the new Battlefield was on there. Battlefield I 5. I, 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 yeah, I played so a little jealous. bit. I, I haven't played. But I never played Battlefield 5. So, yeah, I installed all of that stuff um, mm-hmm. and have just been trying a little bit. You know, I, I've... I've dealt with this feeling of kind of you know I'm older now and where am I going to find the time to play through a 50 hour RPG or whatever now I'm self-employed so that's a little bit easier for yeah. me than someone with a and, and we're in the middle of a pandemic right. too so. yeah which was <laughs> another reason why I was like sure I'm going to buy this um yeah but uh the thing I've, I've just kind of come to is like I, I don't really care if I play mm-hmm. four hours of Battlefield and then go eh okay Especially because of the, the Xbox Pass, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't blow yeah, sixty dollars pretty... on it. Uh, yeah. to play through yeah. the whole thing, and I get to have those four hours of oh, that was a good time. But mm-hmm. the other thing, um, the uh, when I, I really like the, I didn't have, I had a PS4 the last generation. I never bought an Xbox One, so there are a whole bunch of Microsoft uh, exclusives that I never got to try that I've been playing. But um, the Microsoft, the library in the OS, which I guess is very like the Xbox One, has the feature, the Ian. There's a button mm. in the top right corner of your library that says, surprise mm. me. And then, it, <laughs> and then it just says, sure, play this, and puts a game yeah. up, and I've been playing that. So I play an yes. hour of this, ten minutes of that, an hour of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really like this one, uninstall I don't know if it's bad for me or not to not s- just sort of the, the ability to focus and stay on one particular thing for an extended period of time and to go all the way through it. I don't know if there's, mm-hmm. there's a, a negative consequence to indulging in this um, buffet style uh, engagement with media. I can't think of one, but I mean that does mean there there isn't one. But right. I don't. I mean... But but nonetheless, look, um,
2: I'm having, you're having a fun. Time. That's yeah.
0: the important
1: thing. Oh yeah, and the main know. thing that like the main thing I've played a bunch of like t- in order to celebrate the shiny brand new next gen console, I started playing Mass Effect One. I'm on level <laughs> uh, forty nine of sixty <laughs> yeah. in Mass Effect One since That's... last Tuesday. Uh, that's like
0: getting a, a high-end gaming rig to play Mi- Minecraft. Yeah,
1: I had the. Uh, well, I mean the load. It's an N- it's uh, an NVMe one terabyte inside. Mass Effect yeah. never had load times like this. You know, so <laughs> uh, an NVMe in
0: internal. That's insane. Yeah,
1: when you're quick traveling, you're traveling to a planet or whatever it is. Uh, it just is it's like just yeah, nice yeah. and quick. Um, yeah. so that part's nice. been great but I also hadn't played Mass Effect in close to a decade. I mm-hmm. I got an... And, um, Mass Effect is like missed. It's one of those games I've bought multiple times for multiple different systems. You That's know, like me, me
0: and Skyrim. I'm yeah. pretty sure at this point Bethesda owes me money. Easily, I bought that game so
1: many times. <laughs> yeah, easily to, uh, top five. The trilogy is somewhere in my, my top five for personal game. But I, I originally played it on the 360 mm-hmm. and I was playing it this week and popped an achievement for you get a certain number of kills with this weapon and I went and looked and it said it showed the achievement 2020 the last time I got an achievement in the game was 2013 Whoa! <laughs> because it, wow. you know, wow. <laughs> it the Microsoft account has been carrying from the 360 to the Xbox One and now to the Series X. Yeah. And, uh, a te- so it knew that I hadn't, uh, done that since 2013, which I thought was pr- pretty funny. And my first one was like 2008, <laughs> I think. I, d- I don't remember exactly. So, yeah. So that's been fun. I've been having, having a good old time with that.
0: Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, well, I guess, uh, well, unless you have more on to say, I guess we can move, move on to, to our next segment. Uh so uh we've continued through the list of shame uh films and we uh we rolled uh a film called midsummer um actually we rolled a couple and then we all unanimously decided to watch midsummer because it it was one that excited us we rolled
1: three and you and one of the other people in our uh movie group were pretty excited about that one I don't remember yeah. what our other two choices were, but we also... Do we just want to no. watch this? Again? Yeah. And, and ended up picking that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. and so we did. Um, but yeah, uh, directed by Ari Aster, starring Florence Pugh, uh, Will Poulter, uh, William Jackson Harper, and Jack Rayner. Rain- and uh brief summary, um, after you, some you pretty... You cheated. You looked you know, up those names. Oh no, I looked, up, I looked up the names, but I, 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 I didn't look up a synopsis. I, Ina challenged me to to summarize the uh, yeah, part it's of the film without such, looking at IMDb. Such,
1: it's such a weird movie, I thought it would be fun to just uh, try and explain is, what the movie's about without looking anything up. And I'm not good at this, but
0: alright, I'm gonna try it, okay? So... <laughs> After some pretty horrific of events, a young woman and her group of friends travel to rural Sweden to oh, are, attend... Are we spoiling? Um, well, I mean...
1: Just for, if, if for the benefit of anyone who... No, I'm asking you, are we spoiling in this discussion? Just for the benefit of anyone well, who has or has not I seen mean, it, so they know to skip or not. We, we typically
0: avoid spoilers, don't, don't we?
2: Alright, no spoilers. Um,
0: yeah, no spoilers, I guess. We should talk about that, though, at some point. Um, okay. But anyway, so, yes. After some pretty horrific events, a young woman and her group of friends travel to ru- rural Sweden to attend what I can only describe as a pagan cults midsummer festival, uh, which slowly becomes increasingly more violent and bizarre. Uh, yeah. Would you say that's a good way to summarize it? Yeah. Also Drugs. <laughs> Yeah, lots, lots of drugs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda, oh, and kinda, she's kinda, having. Kinda um,
1: she and her boyfriend are going through a,
2: uh, a tough, tough time period. in their relationship.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess by kind of spoiling, I don't, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: Ian, so what is before we go forward? Then uh, mm-hmm. let, let's just do this for anyone who wants to watch the movie. Uh, yeah. Do you recommend people go and watch it?
0: I do. I do. It, it is a film I would recommend. Yes. 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 Hold on. I, come,
1: come I think I would as well. It is incredibly mm-hmm. violent. Very. Um, so that's very. the warning in advance. It's in terms mm-hmm. of horror, it's a dread horror movie where yes. um, most of the fear, or very almost none of the fear is um, jump scares. It's all nice. just stuff you see coming. I, but the violence I, is horrendous, so yeah. um, if you can't stomach that, don't
0: watch it. I actually don't think there is a single uh, jump, jump scare at all. It, it, it doesn't rely on that. It relies on just atmosphere and just being very bizarre and very violent. <laughs>
1: so we'll just go ahead and say the rest of this discussion will uh, might contain spoilers so if you might contain the yeah, uh, the yeah. if you're watching the YouTube version the chapters yeah. are in the yeah. playhead below and if you're listening I mean, we include time codes in all of the show notes if you want to skip ahead
0: we're probably not going to like discuss super intricate deep, no, deep it's just details but there might tough be tough to a have a discussion bit. without yeah okay yeah um, so here's the thing like when we watch a film with 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 the group, um, afterwards we spend sort of ten or fifteen minutes just talking about it and just discussing our th- thoughts and what whatnot. This and was in, the
1: longest discussion I yes. can remember us having. Yeah,
0: and Ian, I'm sure you recall as the credits started to roll, I sat there silently with a very stunned and confused look look on my face, yeah. and and you you guys started discussing it, and then you'd be like, "So Jack, what did you think?" And, um. You know here's the thing so it, it, even though i've had some time to process it and to think think about it I, I still kind of feel the same way i did when the credits started to roll and that is that i i don't know if i hated it or if i loved it <laughs> <laughs> um well actually here's the thing right i i don't think i can actually say that i hated it because there's there's a hell of a lot to, to like about it that there, there really is um Firstly, Ari Aster is one of these directors that, um, no, at least from what I can tell, like I haven't seen all, all of his stuff, but he has a very distinct style and flavor. Um,
1: well, yeah, and he's a no-wasted-shot director. We all looked right. at the, the running time yeah. of the movie. The running time of the movie, it's two and a half hours. But it uh, didn't feel, feel it like it. Did, the first hour felt sure. like it was going to yeah. feel like yeah. two and a half hours, but the rest of it... D- did and not feel like two and a half hours.
0: It's very much a slow burn. It's very it's it's it, it's a slow burn, but it's an entertaining slow slow burn. You don't really get bored. Yeah. Um, slow can be boring
1: yeah. or slow can be engrossing, but but you yes, still feel the pace uh, that it's yeah. moving along. At. Arrival is another example of a movie I always think of when I think of that yeah. first hour of Arrival is incredibly deliberate but very engrossing.
0: Yeah. yeah. But um, the only other film I've seen about Asters is uh, Hereditary, and you can just see from a mile away that Hereditary and Midsummer were were made by the same direct, du- director. It's just very distinct. Like like it's hard to put into, into words, but the two films just have a very similar vibe and very similar um um flavor. But if I if I had to describe Asters' vibe, it would be sort of artistic and elegant um, which I think is something that midsummer and hereditary have a ton of like yeah, uh, yeah and, 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 you know the overall production design of uh, midsummer was go- gorgeous especially like the location and 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 the, and the set to, to design and um, even like the the, the uh, costumes it's um it's very apparent that a lot of love and care went yeah. went into making it well, yeah, when
1: I say no wasted shot, mm-hmm. um, I mean everything has a reason. Everything is composed. Yes. You yeah. know, there's stuff going on in the background of many shots that uh, mm-hmm. foreshadows uh, the events later in the movie. I'm sure yeah. this kind of film, if I would ever do a rewatch of this, which I would not, mm-hmm. uh, I think it would lend <laughs> itself very well to a reveal an experience that reveals itself the more you watch it Um, yeah yeah
0: even like um there's like a building that has all all these like murals and paintings on the uh, walls and you can just tell that like every single picture every painting had a reason for being there like it it was and that's like like personally i would watch it again for that reason to sort of try and figure out what what one it all means but um and look, every actor brought their A-game. There was some wonderful performances. I, I, I think there wasn't a single bad per- performance. Um, but I think my conflictedness, if that's word, I, I don't think that's a word. Um, but I, I feel like that comes from the hor- horror fan in me. Um, don't get me wrong, Midsummer does fall into the, ca- the, the, the category of horror. But in a way, it kind of... I don't know. It kind of transcends the genre in a way, or yeah. not transcends, but what? it's um, it steps outside of the bounds of horror. I, I would say, or what you would typically expect of a horror film. In what way? Um, well, it's not it's not just a horror film. I think. Um, it's 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 about um, I, I guess it's, it's it's about a woman dealing with, with a trauma. Uh, and there's also um, there's there, there's like an underlying as, as, as we mentioned uh, the main character and a boyfriend are having a difficult time in in their uh, re- relationship I think um there's more to it than just scary and dread and 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 violence there's just more going on is what I
1: would say interesting um, yeah yeah yeah, I think it's hard to distinguish the the term that I uh, I I think it's applied to this milieu, which we don't use in any other genre that I can think of is high concept. It's mm-hmm. high concept oh, yeah. horror, uh, yes, which yes, to me yes. is kind of pretentious. Uh, it's a pretentious term for, yeah. uh, but it's it's. It's Because it does feel different. I think it's a poor term for for what it is doing. But, Mm. you know, uh, Get Out, Hereditary, and This are the the three ones that I've seen uh, recently that use the scariest of the genres uh, as -hmm. the the base for telling the story that they want to tell. And all three of those have... You know, big old symbolic metaphorical things going yeah. on on top of the literal plot. And I think that yeah. ends up being where people kind of make the distinction between, yeah. you yeah. know, just uh, this is scary and this is about the being yeah. human experience versus this is a metaphor for the African-American yeah. experience in the U.S. Yeah. or whatever.
0: And I think um, anything that tries to be... Um, elegant and 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 sort of um high high concept and artistic and all of that it it runs the risk of being interpreted as pretentious like i wouldn't call this film pretentious but i can film is not pretentious
1: the term is pretentious and the other thing too is um everything i just said is wrong uh uh if you watch ryan hollinger um, I love him he's great yeah he's I can't watch his stuff very much because I don't like horror and I have an aversion to I mean, certain, much all certain shades about. of violence and he on, mostly only covers horror but he does it mm-hmm. so well he's yeah. one of the uh, he's very articulate he's one of those um, YouTubers that I hope to be like when I grow up uh, type. same same. Um, he's he's someone I very much look look up to on the platform. Yeah, his stuff is great, and he covers. I mean, there's a lot of horror that is horror itself. The genre is is symbolic uh, for mm-hmm. aspects of the human experience, but we just don't right. think of it that way very often. Um, mm-hmm. And these sort of new a new wave. Um, Again, high-concept horror films mm-hmm. lead with that, um, I think, is, is the distinction. But, you know, um, subtext is not new to the horror genre. It's just for some no. reason it feels like that's a, that's a, a yeah. way of distinguishing, you know. Yeah. Someday a horror movie will win Best Picture. I can't think of a single one that ever did. <laughs>
0: I, I honestly think uh, Get Out deserves uh, a Best Picture uh, nomination. I mean, I Get out.
1: by the was, aesthetic was values that we apply, or or we consider, um, what a great film is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I kind of think Midsummer could be.
2: Yeah. I mean, I say yeah.
1: that not having any sense of. I think Midsummer came out in 2019. So it would have been for mm-hmm. February's Oscars. I don't remember yeah. what was up for uh, no, no, no. best picture, but you know, in yeah. thinking about it, the composition, the design, the cinematography, mm-hmm. the the yeah. I mean, what what he was doing with the story. Um,
0: yeah, pretty much everything about it was brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, which is why, look, I I feel. I think the reason I'm conflicted or I felt conflicted is, is, is just that I went into it expecting one thing and I got the complete opposite expectations, of what, what I expected. Expectations
1: yeah. are the ruination yeah. of experience a lot yeah. of times.
0: Yeah. And look, I like to be su- surprised and look, it it's it, stepping outside of the bounds of horror is not a bad thing. Like, um, I, 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 I think Dr. Doc, Sleep did that and that's one of my fa- favorite film, films yeah. of all time
1: well um, um uh, i i've said before like the the forms of horror i enjoy are the genre fusions mm-hmm. and dr sleep is a genre fusion with horror yeah. um yeah this is not a fusion of no a, any other genre genre not, not
0: re- yeah like but, i i know there, there's so much but that that doesn't feel like a horror movie to me though yeah.
1: Well, unconventional, um, certainly. Unconv- uh, like, yeah. a not, uh Unconventional yeah. horror film. There's not a... It's not a slasher. It's not a... Uh, like, what are the subgenres of, of horror? Uh, it's not... There's some body horror. Oh, yeah, there's some definite body horror. <laughs> Soul. Uh, yeah. y- well, I mean, in terms of the violence, like... And what the violence represents uh in right, the film right, uh could right. be construed as body horror ish yeah um, i
0: loved it um this film though too like i really haven't seen an- anything quite like it it really no. did do its own thing and yeah. um, which i i respect the hell out of and also like the, the horror fan in me appreciated a lot of it too like we talked about how how like gory it is it's it's visually disturbing in a lot of ways and it's just out outright gross and as a horror fan i'm a little desensitized to our gore but there was some some stuff in this that made me wince and 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 genuinely like i felt shocked like in a lot of ways it's it's very very full-on um but yeah, the film is also—it's very much laced with sub-subtext and metaphor, as we've touched on. Um, and I believe um, Ari Aster himself said that it's more of a breakup movie than than it is a horror film. And I mean, that's—I don't want Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to spoil too too much. Oh, I I'm going to spoil. Did.
1: so go ahead. Yeah, okay.
0: So I mean, well, I'll 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 let you talk about the bear because that that was <laughs> <laughs> the bear is a big one. Yeah. Yeah, um but I definitely un- understand what he meant by it's it's more of a breakup film than a horror 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 film. I get that. And um like it's it's very odd. It's very off kil- kilter. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, excuse me. Um and that's conflicting for me because I love weird and off kilter things. So I don't know why I didn't immediately fall in love with it. I mean one, I, one of my favorite films of all time is Bad Boy Bob, Bobby, and for those of you who have seen that, I'm sure you, you would agree that it's extremely odd and just off-kilter and very disturbing. I, I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I really do think I, I, I need to watch it again, and perhaps on another viewing, knowing what I'm getting myself in, into, I'll have more of a... A rounder opinion on it I guess
1: <laughs> yeah so early on I I'm not a horror fan at all mm-hmm. um, of uh, the ones that I enjoy are all also something else and um, yeah I think because of that we took about expectations my expectations were very low my expectations were I was I was not <coughs> really going to enjoy this this was gonna be a chore
0: I I went into it not knowing anything about it I, yeah. I knew nothing at all. Um,
1: and about yeah. an hour in, uh, a person's face gets ripped off from jumping off of a cliff. Yeah, and uh, then, like, literally split in two yeah, with a and hammer. Then, and then another person's <laughs> legs get... I don't know, I wasn't watching. I didn't watch any yeah. of these parts. This this guy uh, jump, jumps off a off
0: cliff and lands on his feet, and his legs essentially snap in half. And he's just laying there on the grass, like, screaming and in pain. And then some people walk up to him with, like, this giant hammer mallet thing. And one person takes a swing and hits him in the head. And then they pass them the mallet to the next person, who takes a swing. And his head, you see his head split in two.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so gory. It's, uh, well, I'll take your word. Uh, (laughs) I, I got about a half second of the face split uh, as I was like peeking between my Mm. fingers, which was all the lesson (laughs) I needed to not watch the rest of it. Uh. But for me, that's where, for one, that's where this movie stops being slow. Um, but for me, there's a, there's a, that is also an incredibly significant juncture in the story for representing what the type of movie is that we're watching. Um, and that is why didn't they leave? So these people yeah. are we all talking at, about that. Yeah, these people are all at this festival, and they witness this atrocious murder suicide. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, by these beautiful swedes all the men are very yeah. sweet looking and i struggled with that a lot and I, I
0: i should have broadened it up in my little review there but i forgot no yeah, it's okay there's a, but the, there's a suspension of disbelief that you really need to have
1: kind of for mm-hmm. me it was where i started to the for the next half hour to 45 minutes i was like why aren't they leaving you know anytime they yeah. had a conversation with one of these cult members from that point on I was like hey does anyone else remember when those two people jumped off the (laughs) cliff and then we beat one of them to death with a stone yeah anyone? no? okay (laughs) so for me it was that was the moment where I was kind of like what is because the movie is smarter than that the movie is so planned out Yeah. um, yeah. it's very deliberate yeah, that mm. that the fact that it didn't really try to justify that for she tries to leave once or twice, or, or but mm-hmm. doesn't make a real effort. The murder suicide, murder yeah. su- uh, suicide. I'm and, sorry, but I am gonna GTFO after, yeah, after that. Like I'm I
0: not sticking around. <laughs>
1: no, she's dealing with some extreme trauma of her own, but her boyfriend's not. And he's no. a dude, bro. Like the dude's a narcissist. And, um, oh, he's gonna he's gonna run away quickly. Yeah. And William Jackson
0: Harper's char- ca- character he's there like his his like a sociology student or yeah. an anthropology Which student. Which was the, so it's, the like, studying. Yeah, the justification yeah, for But the even there. then, you're gonna be like, no, screw this, I'm out. Like, yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but kind of at that point was where I started to go, oh, this is this movie's doing something else. It's not actually mm-hmm. just telling a story about... It's not telling a literal no. tale about the, this woman and her terrible boyfriend and his awful friends and all of that. What is it doing? And then it descends into chaos. Mm. And the... Um, there's a very uh, uh significant scene where... A couple of characters are surrounded by groups of women, and the groups of women are duplicating yeah. what uh, the 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 emotions of the woman in front of them. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment where I kind of completely clicked with the movie, where I was like, "That is fascinating. It's empathy. They were they. It was like it's ceremonial old, empathy. It's it's bizarre, but like yeah. the it, the at that point, the movie is theater of bizarre." Like it is so deeply drenched in it that that I no longer found it alienating. It was like a funhouse of uh, of bizarre. Once you realize what it was
0: and what it was trying to do, yeah, that it's not this
1: literal tale of these characters going and doing a thing, Hmm. but this representation of what she was missing in her relationship, and And that's why you could in this group of people was fascinating.
0: And that's why you could sort of forgive the fact that no one was was leaving or were wanting to leave. Yeah, it became it, about it, that.
1: it became about something to me far more interesting than a literal story of you know people running from uh, a, a murder cult. It was it was. Mm. I mean, it, it, this is horribly pretentious. It that's when it started to feel like art, like like something really interesting that I hadn't seen quite that way before that reflected Mm -hmm. part of the the human experience, the idea of our desire for compassion and kinship and all of that, represented on screen in such a weird, bizarre fashion. And so, again, I've already spoiled, but I'm actually going to spoil the end of the movie here. Uh, At the end of the movie, her boyfriend, she's made queen of... The uh, May, May May Queen or something. May, yeah, she's made it? Queen of the 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 group, and her yeah. boyfriend uh, is sewn into a bear. While whilst he's tripping balls on
2: psychedelics, yes,
1: and put yes. into a triangle. There's lots of triangles in the movie, and I was like, oh, they're lots all vaginal, v- clearly. Vaginas, yes. Yeah. yes, put into a golden triangle with the corpses of all of his friends that have been variously murdered over the course of the the movie and they all have branches sticking out yeah. of them representing new growth, change mm-hmm. and growth away from that ugly life. And while he's tripping balls and still awake, they set the pyramid on fire. Uh, yes. and and that's the end of the movie. And I was laughing. It, it yes, was at that was. at that point it became like it was, it, it, maybe it had ceased to be a horror movie. Like you're still sort of, uh, I, I think it was intended to be entertaining because it was so, um, uh, There, I mean, there's just, a, it, it was so operatic, you know. There, yeah, it was very. so, such big, broad strokes mm. that I don't think it was intended to be this gruesome terrifying awful thing i think i like i don't i think a laugh was a very reasonable response that oh, might have been intended by because the it was it.
0: it was so batshit crazy like yeah what else he gonna do and
1: so they all burn up and then uh she turns to the camera and smiles and it's like all of the terrible things in her life—the boyfriend that she broke up with, the mm-hmm. his horrible group of friends that are that she's growing out of—which were the branches or, or were sort of new mm-hmm. growth—were all taken away, and she was free by the end of the yeah. movie. And I, I think that is kind of brilliant. I, you know, I've explained yeah. it horribly, um, but the the another. I mean, talking about um, no wasted shot. There's a scene in the beginning of the movie of a little girl... Or sh- when when uh, Florence Pugh, I think her name was, is mm-hmm. laying in bed weeping, and over her is a painting of a little girl with her hand on the face of a bear. And that symbol is the repetition of her boyfriend being the the big bad wolf that they need to get mm-hmm. rid of at the end of the movie. Um, yeah. So I... It took me... I've not... I, 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 I think you only get that experience of I don't even know if I don't know if I like that or hated it a couple of times in a lifetime I I don't remember the other times I've had that experience yeah it doesn't happen to me a lot but I kind of savor that um where it made me it wasn't it wasn't an ambiguous did the top fall kind of ending like uh um inception you know it wasn't mm-hmm. just it It wasn't it didn't make me think about it because it didn't have any conclusions it didn't it was it, it didn't leave itself so ambiguous it had a very concrete conclusion it had a very specific yes. um hypothesis so um it took about a day and then um i was talking with another person we watch uh the films with and i was like oh i think i really enjoyed it and i never want to watch it ever again Um, see i want to watch it again just so i can wrap my head around it yeah the uh uh yeah once it the and 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 um apparently ari aster has said that it's a it's a fantasy you know she's being pursued by the big bad wolf and she (laughs) eventually becomes turns from a princess to a queen by the end of the story and the big bad wolf uh is killed off um, so it's a breakup. For, it's just it's it's really really interesting. I um I loved it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um. Big I recommendation would, look, if I, you I, can stomach
1: the violence, which I could not.
0: I highly recommend you see it. Um. I I, I do rec- recommend it. I just I need to see it again because it kind of it left me like dumbfounded and blown blown away, and I I need to watch it again just to really figure figure it out. I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Very uh, amazing visuals, lots of interesting yeah. wonders. Gorgeous. The way they represented yeah. drugs I thought was fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah, with the flowers, the breathing flowers and the, the waviness. The, and the long that. push yeah.
1: into her face and then the camera pans yeah. down and the grass has grown through her hand was so cool. Yeah,
0: and there was that really cool Tran transition that the, the main character walks through a door and Tran transitions to... A um, uh, 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 bathroom on, on on an airplane, and just the way they did it was so yeah. There's a lot of interesting.
1: There's a lot of those visual that visual trickery in well, not really trickery, but that kind of interesting visual composition in Hereditary. Uh, yeah. Lots of miniatures and stuff like that. There's less of it going on here, but it's still yeah. There is um, it's still very interesting. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I highly recommend it. So Jack. Ian, yes? I've had this idea for a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I don't think it's good. I don't think this is a great idea. <laughs> well, it might be. We'll see how yeah. it goes. The problem is that it's kind of like a boat for me in that it has never quite mm-hmm. gone away. And the only way that I know of really purging myself of boats is to go and buy a boat. So, uh, today, Jack and I are going to be giving a go at what we've decided to call Buffy Bad Takes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the point of it is, I've been saying for years that every opinion exists. Um, mm-hmm. I learned that early on, because the way I wrote the early episode guides, I, I, they're written from a perspective of like, well, of course, the first season is so poor. Everyone thinks that way. And then there were lots of people said no I love this episode no I love this uh, this one it doesn't it sounds like you don't even like Buffy and I was like for a little while I kind of watered down my writing and then I realized like wait no I can represent my opinion and people can learn and yeah. uh, know that my opinion doesn't mean that I think their opinion is invalid um, and hopefully they do me the same courtesy anyway Jack and I thought it would be fun to take one of these controversial opinions and have a debate style discussion on the topic where we're each assigned a side and have to make an argument for it—a friendly competition.
0: Yes, yes, friendly com- competition. Um,
1: and you should let us know uh, down in the comments who won. Yes, yes,
0: you guys get to decide who 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 wins. or yes. who, who won? Or or maybe uh, we'll, we're both we'll losers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll tally up uh, uh, the the, the uh, votes at some some point and let you know. What you guys think uh, yeah
1: now as I said, um, everything we select will be based on an actual comment I have received yes. on the channel over the years um, and uh, again th- we pick the title based on this will become relevant later on because uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know controversial topics on the show include um, Kennedy, you know. I've, ha- I've gotten Kennedy mm-hmm. defenders. I've gotten people who, who consider she one of the most important episodes uh, in the Angelverse for them. You know, lots and lots of opinions that whenever I hear them, I go, you know, Connor defenders. I, th- those are th- a little bit more common. Um,. So that's the idea is take one of those uh, comments and and have a quick discussion and see if we can get to the essence of whatever that comment actually is. Like, why would a person love she? Mm -hmm. So today's Buffy bad take is Parker did nothing wrong. (laughs) <laughs> um and this is an actual this is from an actual comment I, I got on the channel. Yes. Very well written. Yeah. I actually went back We and found... we went and
0: found it. It's yeah. it's a real cool yeah. comment. I don't know yeah. if
1: we're going to read the whole thing. Um but I think it's very it's very in- interesting. We we can talk about it afterwards. Also, I'm not going to use any names uh in this because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus no, of or put, not. put them on the spot. Um yeah. again, I I uh I actually kind of love that there are people who uh, love she, or where the wild things are, or whatever. I love hearing those opinions because I would prefer to have that experience. If I could love where the wild things are, I'm better off. of
2: yeah,
1: um, course. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to hate things. This, you know? but this one is this one's a relatively unique. I've never heard anyone make a defense of Warren, for instance. That might be one of the ones that I still haven't heard. Maybe Tom made that. I don't
0: think I've heard people defend Warren but I've heard people say that "Oh
1: come on, it wasn't that bad it was, yeah it was
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was
1: yeah yeah so um, a lot of this will be based on what will be interesting is if people go and leave ridiculous comments on the videos now just to get just us to, just to, just to generate <laughs> discussion so uh, okay, the, I'm down the way this is gonna work is neither of us know what side we have to take no, at this so very moment to pre- prepare
0: for both
1: yeah and this may be a total shit show in which case jack yes. is going to have some editing to do on the podcast yeah. <laughs> uh for this section but this is very much an experiment we're yeah. just
0: trying a new thing and seeing seeing if it works
1: so we're gonna flip for it um after mm. we uh, we each take a side uh we each get five minutes pro parker will go first and mm. then we each get two minutes to respond and uh yeah. Presumably, whoever had to argue on behalf of Parker uh, will need a shower afterwards. Yes. <laughs> but we shall see. A sh-
0: a shower and therapy and, yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, so how is the flip working?
1: So, yeah. uh, you will flip for okay. your side. Heads, okay. your uh, anti-Parker, tails, yep. which is the ass, your pro-Parker. Yes. Okay, uh, the okay. ass of the coin. I've never really thought of that uh, as the, yep. the uh, quarter before. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we see, and suddenly I'm terrified. I'm full of. Uh... Me too! <laughs> Me too! Oh, and I need a timer open. So, yeah, yeah. definitely might want to do some editing on this section. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, you don't have to take the full five minutes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you can. Right. Okay. Um,.
0: right so should i flip then
1: uh sure so head i'll i'll we'll we'll have alexa flip for you um
0: and so and 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 then this is for me so yeah i i go with
2: whatever you're determining
1: yeah this flip determines both of us but uh uh because uh you're are you, you ready yeah all right alexa flip a coin
0: Alexa, flip a coin. <laughs> She's not doing anything.
1: All right, I'll flip for you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that didn't, didn't work. All right, this is for you. Hey, Google, flip a coin.
2: It's Tails. All right, you're from oh! Parker. <laughs> Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, fuck.
1: This this will be interesting. You want to know the... Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the debate style I just thought would be fun. Because neither of us wants to defend Parker, right? No, no. Now, here's the thing. I wrote way more today in preparation for this Mm -hmm. for pro Parker than I did for anti Parker Par- yes yeah 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 same
0: same, same I've the reason why I really didn't, didn't want to have to defend him is because I haven't got a lot
1: no no that's what I'm saying I wrote a lot to defend him oh I wrote oh, okay. almost nothing uh uh to indict him and the right. problem and, and the problem is that um it's not totally self-evident but we'll get into that like we it's something we all feel it's something we all feel that that he's a scumbag but actually uh enunciating the why I probably should have written more is so this so I'm just saying I'm just saying you've got a good chance here
0: <laughs> okay I'll, I'll, I'll be ready ladies
1: and gentlemen. Uh, so I've got five minutes on the timer mm-hmm and Mr Jack, you have the floor. Okay. Parker
0: Abrams did nothing wrong. Okay. So Mr Parker A Abrams, he's a young 21, 20, 22 year old year old guy. I think he's he's not a freshman. He's a little he's a he's I don't know. What you'd call that yeah. in Yeah. Um and you know, at that age no one really knows who they are or what they they want, you know. College is a time of experimenting. It's a time of free love. I don't know. Um, And look. And here's here's the thing, okay. At no point does he make any promises to Buffy of love or or a relationship. And one could argue that he even tries to warn her. Um, There's a scene in The Harsh Light of Day where Buffy and Parker have a conversation about scars after he sees the scar on Buffy, Buffy's neck. And she asks if she can see his scars. And he says that all of his scars are psychological. <laughs> he mentions that his father died recently, which is, which is enough to give anyone psychological and emotional scars. It's it's enough to, to give someone baggage, you know? Um the death, the death of a parent, one could argue that, um, well, yeah, one could, could, could argue that the interpretation of, of that scene is that Parker was kind of trying to tell Buffy that he's no good to not, you know, to not.
1: Are, are you making know. that argument?
0: No, not, <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> one could
0: argue many things. You yeah, know, like, you know, the saying, right? If someone tells you who they are, maybe you should believe them. Okay, <laughs> I feel so gross. <laughs> but then you know they they have the conversation that's all about living in the moment, uh, seizing the day, and that is very much what Parker Abrams is pursuing with with Buffy, a chance to live in the moment and to seize the day. Carpe diem, baby. Carpe diem. <laughs> Um, Without any concerns about what could could happen and what's going to happen down the line and all of those things. Just to have fun in the moment. And that's the thing. As I said, at no point does Parker Abrams make any promises. (laughs) He never professes his undying love for, for Buffy. And the thing is, too, there's nothing wrong with casual sex. Or friends with with benefits, or anything like that. You know, it's do what feels good. Um, Parker Abrams is a young man in college, just living in the moment and enjoying his his youth. And whilst he could have been clearer about his intentions, maybe, maybe, <laughs> um, and and maybe he should have made sure there was nothing to misconstrued. He didn't at any point. Say that their relationship was anything more than it actually was ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening I rest my case and I hate myself <laughs> mr Ian you you have the, the the floor thank you thank you thank you very much
1: uh that was not easy so regardless of whatever anyone votes uh you have uh my admiration for thanks man having to do that um i was equally terrified of um having to uh, take the parker perspective and
0: can i just make very very clear i believe none of what i just said
1: of course (laughs) none (laughs) um i'm just getting my notes in front of me i apologize Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so unprofessional of me to not be prepared okay um, I'm going to go ahead and put five minutes on the clock I'm going to start so the good gentleman of Australia um, had a lot of smoke had a lot of mirrors uh, to, <laughs> to present everyone here uh, but let's, let's come out and say what is the actual argument here um, no one is indicting casual sex. Ladies and gentlemen of the Josie Decat the over there. No <laughs> one is indicting casual sex. Um, sorry, I I'm on the wrong page of my notes. And the question did Parker Abrams do something wrong? We think of it as a very active thing, as a very. Um, as a, as a piece of actionable content. But in this mm-hmm. case, the, the, um, the trade of the con man is actually in inaction. A lie of omission is still a lie. <laughs> Parker makes an argument to Willow later uh, that presents um, a, a, a false dichotomy. He says, just so you know, uh, I'll never call you again. He said, "I I can't say that because it takes the fire out of it." So he's suggesting that just be, just be, just because he he didn't say to Buffy uh, that he can't say to Buffy, just so you know, we'll never grow old together, and all of this. And he says, "So the way he presents that argument, it's either that or nothing." And that those were not the only two options available to him in that moment the way parker represents himself matters it's the bill of goods that he's selling and the veneer he represents himself is not is with genuine vulnerable intimacy he that's the bait in the trap that's mm-hmm. the peanut butter but the thing about the con man is we end up blaming the mouse instead of the trap that was set <laughs> by the con man. The conversation, uh, uh, it's not casual sex that we're indicting, it's his lack of honesty in what he's actually interested in, in his personality. He sells a, 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 a warm intimacy common in, in loving long-term relationships, but never actually leads with what is interested I- uh, what he is interested in um, we say the mouse if we don't say the mouse didn't need to eat the peanut butter con men are a particularly bizarre sort of c- criminal because the truly ugly aspect of them is that they make the victims feel responsible for their own trauma and buffy spends the rest of the Uh, A couple of episodes thinking, well, maybe I alienated him, maybe I didn't, maybe I did this, maybe I did that. And then we get the scene where he's talking to another pretty girl on a bench about his father. And until that scene, this could have just been the way Parker is. Uh, But as of that scene, we know that it's just peanut butter in the trap. And nothing more. It's a lie. It's not who he genuinely is, and he could have represented himself with a sort of, here's where I'm at, here's who I am, the casual intimacy. No one's against casual sex, and he doesn't know if Buffy is against casual sex. Because he didn't lead with honesty and truly represent himself. And I think I'll I'll end there. You don't have to, you can take the rebuttal if you want, you don't have to. I,
0: I will attempt a rebuttal. <laughs> it's, it's not a good one, but I'm going to try. All right. Uh, three minutes on the clock. Go ahead. So you posed the question, did Parker Abrams actually do something wrong? Now, here's the thing. Wrong is such a subjective <laughs> word. <laughs> you know, you could say that perhaps he shouldn't have done what he did, but... Is it actually wrong?
1: (laughs) Okay, um, so... The other member of the debate team is currently crying on the floor. (laughs) Let's give him a minute.
0: I I feel so... (laughs) I'm sorry, Mom. I'm so sorry. Um, so, okay. Yes, we do see him talking to a pretty girl on the bench just after... He's, he, he's our ditch Buffy, and Buffy walks up and she sees it. But here here's the thing. Is he at the that peanut butter
1: or is he the trap? Sorry, go ahead.
0: At that point, though, they still weren't committed to each other. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he was flirting with, with another girl on the bench, right? He was. He was. But he was still a single man. He was still a free man. He still... He still... <laughs>
1: Do you, want to, do you want to yield the floor? I, I, I yield. I got nothing. I got nothing. Hey, I still think you did a terrific job. And I don't think my argument's particularly solid. I didn't... I, I, didn't I think ed- it's more solid, I though, didn't edit it's, this it's, text. It's, well, I've got the easier argument. It's not argument a hard man.
0: thing to really uh, yeah. arg- argue, though, that Park is a douchebag. Yeah.
1: Again, the... Um, the lie of a mission is still a lie. So, uh, like, e- even a... What you leave out, it, to me, is still an action. Was was sort of where I was going with all of that. Yeah.
0: And that's he, what I was gonna try and argue. That he uh, technically didn't.
1: What were my... You know... Uh, pro Parker uh, arguments. Oh, I've
0: got a ton. I've got a ton here.
1: Uh, the, I, now... I wrote something I actually believe is true, because I was going to, like, if I had to argue on behalf of Parker, I was going to do the smoke okay. and mirrors thing as well, where it was just like, mm-hmm. "Ah, ladies and gentlemen, I implore you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and one of them was... Um, also, I have to say the punishment he received for casual sex, which is a political uh, ploy of like, we're not punishing for casual sex. But like, <laughs> that's... That's the whole thing. Uh, was way disproportionate yeah. to the act itself. He is physically brutalized three times. Riley punches him in the face and Buffy, a super-powered person, hits him over the head with a club twice. Does a man deserve brain damage for a little hanky-panky? <laughs> 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 I... I, I... Of course, none of I, that I, is I don't actually... i feel sorry for him. <laughs> none of that was uh, actually a part of... That has nothing... Not, none of anything I just said has anything to do with... Did Parker do when, something wrong with Jesse did?
0: One um, an, anti-Parker Parker point I wanted to bring up. So, um, some something I noticed whilst watching the Parker episodes to get a little re- refresher... When they first meet, um, they're in the, ca- the cafeteria, yeah. and they're in line, and um, uh, Buffy says so- so something like, oh, sorry, I cut in line, and he says, no, stay, I'll watch your back, and then Buffy kind of walks ahead walks hair- of him a little bit, and I swear, in that moment, he looks at her butt! He totally checks out her butt, watch it, he, he does, he totally does, and he doesn't just look, he kind of stares, and I wonder if that was like a little subtle... I'll like a tell like, for in- us... Yeah, 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 but it's, it's it's something I've never known this before until I was watching it this, yeah, this, an, this an, morning.
1: Another pro-Parker uh, argument is, like, he uses her own... Like, he speaks her own truth to her. Now, everyone in the show... Mm. Uh, a lot of bad guys in the show do that, but I, I actually mm-hmm. love his thing about, like history is like you You look closely it's like a, just a bunch of people making choices like that whole bit uh, that's like that's like the mission statement of the entire show yeah and if it didn't yeah. come out of his mouth uh, no. uh, I think that it I, like I tried to edit a, um, a like a music montage to it using clips from the show just to show, get people to realize like yeah it's like good stuff he's actually saying yeah. and that's part of the yeah. that's part of the peanut butter
0: and 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 he comes across as so warm and charming and and inviting the big old and, puppy doll guys. Th- there were so many times where where i'm where i'm watching it and 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 look i try to keep my swearing to a minimum on on the pod, podcast but when i'm watching it i'm like fuck you dude
2: yeah Fuck
1: you. what's the song playing in the background i know we are oh, we that's lucky are- by uh biff biff na-
0: naked that whole thing it's so manipulative so manipulative it, there's scene. a
1: good chance i would have slept with parker if i heard that <laughs> speech and i was sitting there listening to biff naked yeah. in the we yeah. are the lucky ones the lucky ones yeah. yeah
0: um and there's also that scene uh later on in living Can- conditions where buffy walks into the dorm dorm room and He's laying on Kathy's bed. He's he's not sitting. Yeah. He's laying back on Kathy's bed, talking to, to her. And I'm like, girl, that's a red flag. That's a red flag right there. Like if you're just casually sitting there chatting, fine. But he's he's, he's like he's kicking back. he's Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I don't I, I, I don't like him. Do yet. do. I think that's warranted. I think that. Uh, do you want to hear the original <laughs> comment? Yeah. Sure. Uh I don't think now again the the intention here is not to throw shade. Uh mm-hmm. uh I I believe that the argument this person is making is incorrect but that's their argument. I'm not talking about the person um who wrote yes. it. And please yes. uh anyone listening to this And I if don't by chance done. yeah yeah yeah
0: like if 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 you are listening to this with no shade. Yeah,
1: I will say that what this strikes me as is um, hyper-rationalizing something that is a bit more uh, nebulous and emotional. Like, mm-hmm. like we said, um, that's the the trade of the con man. But uh, here we go. I don't think Parker is a douchebag or even bad for the most part. Hear me out before the rebuttals come in. I think we can agree that just because someone wants to have sex with you and not pursue a relationship doesn't make them a bad person slash douchebag. I agree with that. What I makes agree. a guy or a girl not... Cr- uh, a cr- what makes a guy or a girl a not-credible douchebag is selling a person clearly interested in a relationship the dream of being in a relationship only as a means to get their guard down to sleep with them. There's a level <laughs> of dishonesty... Dishon- that's manipulative and awful but i don't think parker is that if you actually pay attention <laughs> to parker's actions like i did <laughs> he is not actually selling buffy on that very idea of their interactions being more than what they are depends that's you the need crux to def- of you my need, argument you need to define selling yeah. uh, he is just a guy who knows how to be sensitive and uses that to get women to be attracted to him <laughs> On top of that, That's so gross. What did Buffy, from Parker's perspective, which is a key thing to keep in mind in the Devil's Advocate defense of him, uh, do other than be sexually attracted to warrant Parker? Uh, what What did Buffy do other than to be sexually attractive to warrant Parker's interest? Um, from what we see in their interactions, Parker has to do all the work. Creating the interesting points of conversation. In the review, you state that Parker does all the talking. Sounds like he is having to create the entire conversation. Which is very tiring to do. (laughs) We all know Buffy as being a badass, strong, interesting superhero. But does Parker know that? Parker is just an upperclassman attracted to a freshman girl. This doesn't, once again from his perspective, really bring much else to the table other than her looks. Parker did all the work to create an intimate romantic attraction. Buffy went along for the ride and got some sex out of it. Did Buffy want more? Yes. But did she want more because she was promised more or because Parker was that good to her? I argue it is because Parker did such a good job of creating the conversation and the moments not because there was an implication of promise or uh, of more. When Buffy confronts him about that, he's very blunt and very honest, not looking to... Then he's very blunt and very honest, not looking to string her along for more. But we often see this from Buffy's perspective. We know Buffy much like we know ourselves. Um, But we rarely do a good job of evaluating ourselves if we see we were offering the other person enough from their perspective. So, Parker, if sex is all you have to offer, then that's all he's interested in. Wow. (laughs) Wow.
0: so so that and 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 that was the only leg i had to stand on really is that yes he's he he comes across as charming and sensitive and all of that stuff but he doesn't actually make any promises and that's the only Mm -hmm. leg it's not it's not it's not a good point but it's the only point i had
1: (laughs) yeah but your character is a is a promise the character of course the character yeah 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 I, you I, did a, I totally you did a agree. wonderful job you had the hardest uh role this is Thanks. might be the toughest one we ever do if um you guys want us to do more of these uh, by
0: the way that's our loud bang you, you you guys probably heard was my chucky doll face planting off my shelf after standing there fine for several days
1: um it's all right it's gonna come alive and kill me all right yeah. um so anyway, that's our first try at that. Neither of us have any debate experience. Um, no. So you know, it's more for fun. Yeah.
0: We're just having a good time. And look, if you guys liked it, let let in the snow, and we'll try it again. And yeah, who do you think won? Who do you think had the more com- compelling argument? I already know it's gonna be Ian, but well, let's just let's just see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right, yeah. let's <laughs> go to the fanfic reading now. Here is Gone by Terry Boda Chapter 36 He was nervous. Why was he nervous? He had very valid reasons for doing what he did, and even Rupert agreed with him. So why was it that now that the moment had come, he felt like a deviant caught playing games with sheep? He cleared his throat, but couldn't look at his audience. See, it, it, it's like this. He began faltering. Remember that Warren geek, the one that made the robot girlfriend. He glanced up. Xander, Willow, Tara, and Anya were still looking at him with expectant eyes. He looked down again. Well, I thought, I thought that that maybe it might be a good idea. Spike, w- what did you do? Tara asked bluntly but gently. He sighed and rolled his eyes again, his hands dropping to his sides a oh, bloody hell. Shrugging his shoulders back, he reached over to open the training room door and gestured them in. They went, casting him suspicious glances as they passed. He closed his eyes and managed to count six before he heard Xander yell, "'You sick bastard!' the young man accused. He gritted his teeth and entered the training room, ready to face his fate and defend his position. He found them all gathered in wide eyed horror around the deactivated Buffy bot. It's not what you think, he insisted. Oh, so am I not seeing a robot that looks just like Buffy? One that was made by that wacko who made his own personal sex bot? Xander seethed. If he could have blushed, he would have. Well, yeah, but she's not a sex bot. I mean, yeah, she looks like Buffy. Exactly like Buffy. This guy's really good, Willow commented, examining the robot. Subtext bell. I I know, and that's that's what gave me the idea. Now we have a decoy. The bot's almost as strong as Buffy, and we can program it to fight. He explained. The robot Warren, the robot Warren made was very strong. Anya agreed, and another Buffy might prove useful. This is not Buffy. Xandor argued. Of course, it isn't Buffy. Spike snapped back. But I don't think the hell bitch is smart enough to figure it out. You want to use this against glory? Willow said, her eyes widening at the possibilities. He touched a finger to his nose, then pointed it at the redhead. Bingo. And that's why I mentioned it to Rupert. Wait a minute, Giles knew about this? Xander interrupted. He blinked at them. Well, yeah. How else was I going to get Buffy's clothes and pictures? Steal them from her basement? Like I did the last time? I don't understand why Giles never said anything to us about it, Willow wondered. We weren't sure it would turn out, so we were keeping it mum. It's just a coincidence that Warren finished it just after Rupert took Buffy on her little vision quest. But it works out, because now we can take her out on patrol while Buffy is gone and see how she... It does, he explained. Willow walked around the robot, scrutinizing it. Can it fight? He rubbed his neck. Well... "'Not exactly.' "'Explain not exactly,' Xander demanded. "'Well, I couldn't very well tell that Warren geek "'that I needed a robot of the Slayer to fight a hell god, now could I?' "'That would seem rather peculiar,' Anya replied. "'Yeah, it would. "'So I made him think that this robot uh, was of a girl I wanted but couldn't have. "'Sometimes the best lies have grains of truth.' "'So it is a sex spot, Xander said. "'No, well, not really.' "'It is programmed to kind of like me.' "'As in, likes to have its tongue down your throat?' Xander snapped. "'No. Well, maybe. I I don't know. You're, you're missing the point.' "'And the point is,' Xander prodded, "'I did have him program it to fight in certain situations, role-playing scenarios and the like. "'Oh, dominance games,' Anya piped up gleefully. "'Yeah, kinda,' he admitted. He cast a glance at Terra, who was desperately trying not to laugh.' Oh, so now not only do we have a sex bot that looks like Buffy, we have a sex bot that looks like Buffy who is programmed to be a dominatrix, Xander growled. Well, I wouldn't put it quite that way. She—it It is going to need to be reprogrammed, but I know you can do it, Red. A giggle escaped Tara's lips. How do we turn it on, Willow asked.
2: Sorry, I don't understand.
1: Sorry about that. "'How do we turn it on?' Willow asked. "'Um, there's a button on her back, a little spot on the spine towards the middle of it,' he replied. He saw Willow feel around for the button and heard the click whirr of the robot turning on, but he wasn't ready for what happened next. The bot's eyes opened and it smiled when it saw him, just as it had in the previous timeline. He was so shocked by the twisted deja vu that hit him and the feelings of guilt and shame that struck that he was completely unprepared for the assault. Spike? Oh, Spike! The bot flew at him, grabbing his face and kissing him passionately. Then it turned him around, threw him down on the training room floor, and straddled him. You're mine, Spike! Red! Red! Off-switch! Off-switch! he yelled, trying to fend off the quickly roving fingers. A moment later, the bot fell limp, and he was able to pull himself out from under it, with most of his pride intact. Xander looked sickened, but Willow and Tara were laughing silently. Well, that was truly perverted and disgusting, Xander said. I don't know. I I thought it was kind of cute how she just flattened him like that, Willow commented. She was very direct, Anya noted with a nod. Maybe he likes it that way, all blunt and down to business, Willow furthered. Some do. There's a certain attraction to bluntness. Besides, vampires are known to like violent sex. Blood play is usually involved. Ew, Anya, I don't need to know about that, Zander c- com- complained. It can be very erotic and sexually satisfying, the ex-vengeance demon said reasonably. On stop, stop! Spike groaned. If you're quite finished making fun of me and making assumptions about my preferences... I'll leave you to your work of reprogramming it to not jump me. He moved to leave while he still had some pride left, but Willow put a hand on his arm and stopped him. Oh, no, you don't, mister. You're going to stay here and help me reprogram her. I can't very well program her not to jump you if you're not around to be jumped. And it could prove quite amusing to see you tossed on the floor a few more times. I think Xander would find it very satisfying, Anya added. I'm doomed, he thought, but sighed giving over and following Willow back to the deactivated bot. It took most of the afternoon for Willow to work through Warren's complex programming, but she did manage to get the robot to stop sexually assaulting him. She was not, however, able to completely remove all of the robot's attraction and affection towards him, made for interesting troubles in reprogramming her fighting skills. Every time she threw him across the room and seemed to actually hurt him, She'd take to apologizing profusely and seek to make it better. The women were continuously amused by the sight of him getting pummeled then doubted upon, but Xander left after the third or fourth time it happened. Finally, the robot was deemed ready, and that was fine with him, because his bruises were starting to sprout bruises. Given the evil glint in Willow's eyes, he wasn't entirely certain that she hadn't orchestrated some of the more creative beatings that the robot had doled out. Maybe she wasn't as accepting of his reasons for having Warren make the Buffybot as she said she was. She found it therapeutic to have the robot crush him in the cement a few more times than was actually necessary. Whatever her reasoning, he was glad for the reprieve when the robot was deactivated to await its first patrol. Night came more quickly than he thought it would, and he really wasn't ready to step out of the cool and he really wasn't ready to step out of the cool refuge of the training room. There was naught to be done about it, however. The bot had to prove her mettle, and there were vamps to kill. He remembered well the first time he had lived through this night. He'd woken to find his robot gone and felt a sudden terror that she'd gone out without him. His fear turned out to be very well-founded, because she'd unerringly run right into Xander and Anya in the graveyard. They hadn't known then that the facsimile hadn't been Buffy, and they'd gotten an eyeful when he and his new toy had played out another one of his fantasies right there on the grass. But all in all, he had to smile, knowing that Xander thought the real Buffy had been straddling him that night, riding him like a champion and crying her pleasure to whomever could hear. It was amazing the boy hadn't popped the blood vessel and bled to death right there. There would be no hanky-panky this night, and he and his robot were flanked by Willow as well as the whelp and his demon girl. Willow was lax to allow her new project to go out on her first patrol without the full support of the Scooby Gang. They entered Shady Rest and traveled east from there, looking for any sign of evil afoot. They found none. Spike kept an extra eye out for Glory's minions. He knew that previously Glory had discovered the key was in human form and it had sent her minions to spy on the gang in order to determine the key's identity. The Buffybot's fierce protectiveness of him had made the minions think that he was the key, and it had resulted in his subsequent kidnapping and torture. He was hoping he had managed to avoid that this time around. Since he had been sent back, he had been working very hard to ensure that Glory, Glory stayed in the dark about the key's true form and part of that had been making sure Buffy stayed away from Ben. He'd been mostly successful in that endeavor, although Buffy had told him that she'd run into the intern from the hospital a few times. There were no offers for coffee or flirtatious encounters this time around, though, and no real opportunity for Ben to discover that Dawn was the key. Well, except for the night in the mental ward, Ben had been there. You might have heard that crazy night call, Dawn the Key... It was possible that Glory now knew she, the key was a, was human, but so far he hadn't seen any evidence of the hell bitch's minions snooping around. Things didn't pick up in the patrol department until they reached their third cemetery. Then it seemed that all of the vamps they'd missed in the other two sought them all at once. The fighting got pretty heated for a little while, but the bot held her own against them and dusted quite a few of them without any assistance left him free to watch the others and keep them all safe. A couple times he got into it with one of the more powerful vamps and got knocked around a bit. But other than making the bot get all defensive and worried about his welfare, he was fine. They finished their patrol and headed back to the magic box to turn off the bot for the night. There, all safe and sound, Willow announced, setting the bot up in the corner of the training room. She didn't do too badly, either. No, she... It fought pretty good out there tonight. Dusted what, eight vamps?' Xander commented. "'Something like that,' Spike agreed. "'Well, I have to get back home. Tara is with Dawn, and I'm sure she's worried,' Willow said. Spike nodded. "'Be seeing you, then. Buffy and the Watcher should be back soon. We'll break the news of our newest weapon to them. I'll toddle off to my crypt and pop by tomorrow night. Tell the bit I said hi.' "'I, I will. Thanks, Spike,' Willow said brightly, setting off to leave.' Spike watched them go and let himself out the back and headed down the alley. He was already three blocks away when he heard footsteps running to catch up. "'Hey, Spike, wait up!' Xander's voice called. Surprised, he stopped and turned around, waiting for the young man to come jogging up to him. "'Harris, something wrong?' he asked, confused. Xander stopped to catch his breath, and Spike waited as patiently as he could for him to be able to speak. "'I I just wanted to talk.' Xander admitted between gasps. Oh. Yeah. The man paused, calming and looking thoughtful. Look, I know I gave you a hard time about the robot, but I wanted to tell you that I think it was a good idea. The thing fought really well tonight, and I thought you could be right about being able to use it against glory. I mean, even if it was originally supposed to be some sick sex toy, you brought it to us, and anything we can get to help us right now is a good thing. Besides, I... No, you've been trying to help us a lot lately, and I haven't been very accepting of that." The words came out in a rush, and Spike smirked. "'Wills put you up to this, didn't she?' he commented. Xander couldn't hide the guilty look, but Spike had to give him points for trying. "'No,' he lied. "'No, she didn't.' Spike leveled him a look, and he caved. "'Oh, okay, okay, she did, I admit it. She pointed out that I haven't been very f- forthcoming with the thanks lately. Spike pulled out a cigarette and lit it. He had all but stopped smoking, but he was getting nervous and uncomfortable, and a nicotine hit would calm him down. You don't owe me anything, Harris. The words brought Xander up short, and his mouth thinned into a grim line. No, I don't, but neither do you. You could have left Sunnydale at any time, but you haven't. You stayed and protected Dawn and tried to help us. I don't understand why, and I do question your motives, But the truth is, you've been helping us, and that deserves a thank you. Spike looked away, drawing on his cigarette. Got nowhere else to go. Can't hunt, can't feed. Initiative boys buggered me up right and good. Demon needs violence, and the only way I can get it is hunting other demons. Doesn't make me too popular with the home team, you know. Best help the Slayer. Ally myself with her and get protection and a decent spot of violence at the same time. Other nasties know I'm in good with Slayer, and they think twice about coming after me. Works out for both of us. Can't have a skanky hell bitch messing that up, can we? I guess not, Xander admitted, unconvinced. And there you have it the great mystery of William the Bloody. I help because I don't have anything buggering in my cushy setup here in Sunnyhow. He shrugged, trying to deflect Xander's glare. Right, and that includes babysitting Dawn and guarding Joyce's grave. I... Xander cut him off. Look, I don't know what's going on, but Willow told me about you stopping Dawn from casting the resurrection spell. And Tara's been pushing all of us to be nicer to you. Now, I have no idea what your ulterior motives are, and I probably don't want to know. But I did want to acknowledge that we've noticed your help, and I wanted to say thanks, that's all. Spike looked at him and swallowed the lump that formed in his throat, managing a tight nod. You're welcome. Gentlemen, said a sibilant voice from behind them. Spike and Xander turned around to see one of Glory's minions standing behind them. I'm so sorry to intrude, but I wonder if I could beg a minute of your time, the minion asked. Spike tur- turned to Xander. Get out of here, Harris, now. What the hell's going on, Xander blurted, fist clenched as two more minions appeared. Run, you idiot! Xander looked from Spike to the minions and then back to Spike. Knowledge of the very real and present danger they were in dawned in his eyes, and they opened wide. Spike did his best to place himself between Glory's cronies and the boy, in hopes that he could defend them both, but it was not to be. To his credit, Xander did try to run, but his reaction time was a hair too slow, and one of the minions slammed him into the side of a building, knocking him out. As the boy slumped to the pavement, Spike fought. He landed a few good blows, but in the end... There were simply too many of them for him to overcome. And just as they had done before, they bound his hands and dragged him off to glory. Jack! Ian! We did it.
0: We did it. We did yet another one. This is like number 12 now, I
1: think. Yeah, and number 36? I don't know. i don't know if i count Uh, the ones that we should figure out exactly like we're numbering based on when i started but yeah it's it's very different with the two of us we should maybe yeah i don't know uh if we have an anniversary
2: (laughs) uh what are you up to this week uh
0: well i i don't have a a ton of stuff on um I'm seeing a friend t- tomorrow, which I'm really looking looking forward to. Um, I don't have a lot of in-person so- socializing these days, so I'm really look- looking forward to that. Um, I've also had some pretty exciting developments that I can't actually talk talk about right, right now. Um, it'll become clearer and more of an official thing in the new new year. But in between now and then, I'll be doing some uh, prep and, I guess, training for the said thing that I can't really uh, talk, talk about. Um also um, before we uh, sign, sign off I wanted to ask you our gentle viewers and, and listeners uh, for some feedback of sorts um, of, uh, of all the segments we've uh, done on the pod podcast and I mean we've we've tried a lot of stuff and a lot of different things some of it has worked some of it hasn't. But I was just wondering, um, what are some of the segments that you, you guys have enjoyed and would potentially like, like to see more, more of? And also, is there anything that you would like to us to do or try or talk about that we haven't done yet? Um, let us know.
1: Yeah, yeah, now that may sound like we're offloading the work of <laughs> figuring out what the podcast is supposed to be to you. And yeah. that's pretty much correct. That's exactly what Wendy's doing. I don't doing. see a problem with that. <laughs> the, the thing of it is, I, I feel like, um, you know, uh, so much of this what we do is about community. The mm-hmm. streams are about community. The hangouts are about Definitely. community. And I feel like because you and I are such clo- fr- close friends, this podcast is about community and that sense of yeah. feeling, kinship and connection and all of that. So Certainly. to me, that's the main thrust of the podcast the nuts and bolts of Mm -hmm. what we do to fill um, a two-hour segment are actually kind of secondary which is why i feel no Mm -hmm. embarrassment of being like what would you want us to do what have you enjoyed would you like us to do more of something less of something so yeah
0: also like we i mean we do this for ourselves and to spend time together and do some fun stuff but it's something that we put out into the world for people to see so your your involvement and your in, input does matter to yeah, us. Yeah, if
1: we could do it better. Um yeah. uh, or or I don't think either of us are ever going to be chasing views or anything like that, no. but um no. there is a desire to whatever we make to be the most um the best version of that. And and yeah. and that's to me what it's about is Yeah. Um you know all of that next week on the podcast uh we're going to be starting our end of the year top fives each week for the rest of the year we'll be doing a different category of top five uh now whatever the category be they movies music or television um it isn't top five of those that came out this year but top five of what we consumed in that uh genre this year um And of course, we'd love for you to share with us in um, the comments uh, or shoot us an email at thepassionofthenerd at gmail.com and let us know what your top fives are and maybe we'll read some of those uh, during the podcast. Uh, The top five for next week, and we'll do a new one uh, every week until the end of the year, is top five movies that we watched this year. Not necessarily together. Mm -hmm. Uh, After that, I'll be presenting uh, One Perfect Scene, and we'll have a conversation about it. I have something in mind. And uh, as usual, we'll be doing the fanfic reading. Here is gone. I don't think we'll finish that by the end of the year, but we will shortly Mm -hmm. after. And we'll need a new one. I have no idea how to pick a new one. I went to uh, a fanfic website sorted by uh, most upvoted, and this was the second one. The first one I rapidly stopped because it talks about Xander looking at someone's nipples. And I was like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> no one wants to hear about that. Yeah.
0: All right, well, that's it
1: for uh,
0: from us. But uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next week.
2: See you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.